Amen, amen. Now, if you were raised in a Protestant church, and most of you probably were, then you, you probably heard uh, at least some derogatory statements made about good works. Well, good works don't save you. Only grace by faith saves you, and that's true. But what we kind of did is we felt like we need to so emphasize grace that we de-emphasize the value of works. And so here's the deal. I'm going to show you today that if you're truly born again, you're called to good works. And I'm going to speak on what's so good about good works. What's the big deal about good works? The fact of the matter is good works are huge. Because you know what? If there were no such thing as good works, this church wouldn't be here. That's right. Uh, good works are part and parcel of every believer's life. So I want to show you today the value of plugging into what God is doing and do it with him. How many of you would like to take the Savior's hand and say, I'm following you in good works? Amen. 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 So I want to read you a beautiful set of passages out of Titus 2, verse 11. And let me just, uh, let's just let this sink in. This is powerful stuff. This is really good. Paul is writing to Titus, who is a pastor, and he says, For the free gift of eternal salvation is now being offered to how many people? And everybody say with me, I'm an everyone. And I'm also a whosoever. Whosoever will, let him come. Now, verse 12. And along with this gift, meaning salvation, comes the realization that God wants us to turn away from godless living and sinful pleasures and instead live good, God-fearing lives every day. Verse 13, looking forward to that wonderful time we've been expecting when his glory shall be seen, the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, talking about the Lord's return. Everybody say, I'm expecting it. Amen. Verse 14, look what Jesus did. He died under God's judgment against our sins so that he could rescue us from constantly falling into sin and make us his very own people. Now read carefully, watch this. Make us his very own people with cleansed hearts and what, everybody? Read it with me. Zealous for doing good works. Amen. If you're one of God's very own people, raise your hand and say, thank God. Thank God. Amen. Uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the power uh, of your word. And thank you for what you have written by the spirit of God about good works. Now, Lord, we need illumination. We need you to show this to us. We need you to speak to our hearts. We need you to open our eyes and help us to grasp the width, breadth, depth, and height of our calling. And our purpose on earth, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to tell you, ask your neighbor, or tell your neighbor, preach a little bit. Tell them, God left you here for a reason. Amen. You can be seated. You know, it's a great question. Here we are. Why in the world has God left us here? He could have taken us the minute we got saved. Well, they're saved. Let's bring them up. But no, he left us here. Why did God leave us here? That's what we're going to find out. Now, he says good works. Everybody say good works with me. Now, they don't save you, 
but good works testify to the fact you have been saved. All right? I'm going to say that again. Good works don't save you. I can leave you here a million years, and you could try your best to earn your way into heaven by good works. You would never get there. You would never earn your way in. But the only way in, as you know and I know, is the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us on Calvary's tree. That's the only way. That's the ticket. No other way. But good works do testify that you have been saved. Now, when I say works, I know what you're thinking. Well, what is that? Well, works just mean things we do. Our actions. It's our works. It's what we expend our energy and time on. You know, it's a work. You got up today, you got dressed, you came to church. That's a work. You expended the energy God gave you on coming to church to worship God. And I would contend coming to church is a good work. Amen. But when you hear the little adjective put in front of it, good works, then you ask yourself, well, what makes a good work a good work? What is a good work? And what's the difference between a good work and a bad work or some in-between work? What makes a good work a good work? Well, here's a simple little definition. A good work is something the believer in Christ does in obedience to God, out of love for God, to the glory of God. That's simple. That's a good work. Right? It's, It's what we do in obedience to God, out of love for God, to the glory of God. We don't do it for our glory. We do it for His. Good work. That's, that's, it's that simple. So when you expend your energy, your day, your life, your time, your talent, your effort, just going through a day in obedience to God, out of love for God, to the glory of God, it's a good work. It can, it can be something as little as offering a cup of cold water to a Christian in Jesus' name. Making a cake and taking it to a neighbor and saying, God bless you. The Lord just, I just want to do this because Jesus cares. You did a good work. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't mean you're Billy Graham out there preaching to stadiums. No, a good work. It's just, it's what you do as you go through life. Good works in obedience to God, out of love for God, to the glory of God. That's a good work. Jesus talked about good works all the time. In Matthew 25, he gives us a list of them. He says, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. That's a good work. That's a good work. Oh, there's somebody thirsty. I'm going to give them a drink in Jesus' name. Not so they look at me and say, boy, aren't you something? But you say, in Jesus' name, God bless you. Here you go. You give them a drink, something that simple. I, I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick at home or in the hospital, and you came and visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. That's what somebody did with me. I was in juvenile home as a 16-year-old juvenile delinquent headed straight for hell in a power car. As fast as I could get there. And somebody came in prison 
in the jail and visited and shared the gospel. And that's why I'm here today. All right. So can we say again, good works, good works. So Jesus just gave us a list. He said, you do it for someone in my name. You do it to me. You, you came to me. You did it for me. That's a good work. Amen. The book of Acts celebrates the good works, for instance, of a woman who died in the early years of the church. And it says in Acts 9.36, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. And this woman, listen to what it says about her, full of good works. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. She died and left a legacy of good works. And all the widows stood by him, that is Simon Peter, weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. So look what this woman did. She had a skill. She had an ability. She had a talent to weave garments together. And she wove garments together and gave them to people and blessed them out of her gift. And the Bible testifies that she died full of these good works. And they, they, she left a legacy behind. It was her legacy. And all the widows were weeping, holding the tunics and the garments to, and showing them to Peter, saying, this is what she did. This is what she did for us. We have a group of ladies here who, who weave. They meet every week. If you want to know the latest goings on in the church, just sit in there like a little fly on the wall and listen to them. And they sit in there and they weave garments, okay? They weave garments and they they weave blankets. And on those blankets, they put Bible verses. And I have taken these blankets to people that were terminal in the hospital or at home. And I have draped those blankets over them and told them these were made by ladies in our church. And they read the Bible verses on them. And I haven't done it one time that the person didn't weep and wasn't blessed by the garments that our ladies have made. Good works. Good works. Paul writes that, that, that good works are our reasonable service. Romans 12.1. And they're never to be done to point to ourselves. You don't do a good work so somebody will say, aren't they spiritual or aren't they an incredible person or whatever. That's not why you do them. Jesus said, no, when you do a good deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So Jesus said, they get their reward if they do it for the glory of men. When somebody looks at them and says, whoa, aren't you something? They just got their their glory and all the reward they're going to get. Because God does not reward good deeds done in in your name or mine. No, they do it. We do it for the glory of God, out of obedience to God, out of love for God, to glorify the Lord. That's why you do good works. A good work flows out of a changed heart where Christ is the root of And good works are the fruit. Amen? Now you might wonder, why do good works even matter? I mean, why go on about this? Pastor Jeff, why talk about good works? What's so good about good works? Well, lots of things. Now I want to just give you the word of God. You know, I told the first service, when I get up here, um, I have one thing to tell you, and that's the word of God. 
I'm not up here to give my opinion. I'm not up here to tell you my latest thoughts. No, I want to minister the word of God to you because it's the word of God that changes lives. And so I want you to listen to what the word of God tells us about the power and the importance of good works. Well, one way good works matter is how we imitate the Lord Jesus. Look what it says about Jesus. He went around everywhere doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. What what did a day in the life of Jesus look like? He went around everywhere from town to town, city to city, house to house, hamlet to hamlet. And what did Jesus do? Everywhere that he went, he just did good things for people. He blessed them. He prayed for them. He encouraged them. He touched them. Yes, he did miraculous works like healing them and raising a few of them from the dead, things like that multiplying the bread and the fish and all of that. But he also did non-miraculous things that were just good things. He was good to people. He left the fragrance of blessing everywhere that he went. How'd you know that Jesus had been somewhere? Because there was blessing there. He left joy. He left peace. He left happiness. He left deliverance. He left a smile. He left a gleam in the eye and a skip in the step and, and a, 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 just a couple of extra beats in the heart because everywhere Jesus went, he did good works everywhere he went. It flowed out of him because that's who he was. Good works just flowed out of Jesus. He wanted to be good to people. He wanted to bless people. He wanted to do good things to people. It just flowed out of him because of who he was. That's a day in the life of Jesus. If you tracked him, if you just followed him around one day, guarantee you, he would not spend 24 hours without doing good for people that needed it. He was a blesser, not a curser. He was a do-gooder in a good way. Amen. The Bible says that good works also round out our faith. Not only do we just do good works as, as a part of who we are as children of God, but good works, the Bible says, will mature your faith. And listen, without good works, your, there's something in your faith that will never be completed or matured or, or fully orbed until you get involved in doing good works in the name of the Lord, out of obedience to the Lord, out of love for the Lord, to the glory of the Lord. Amen. Speaking about Abraham, the Apostle James writes, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? So here you got Abraham's faith. He's the father of our faith. Here's the father of our faith. Here he is. And it says, He had faith, but then he had works that worked with his faith. They were like brother and sister. They were like, you can't have one without the other. James said, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works, by my good deeds. And so here you have Abraham. He's the father of our faith. But, But what matured his faith? His works. His works. With his works, and by works, faith was made perfect. How many of you want your faith matured? Well, that's about half of you. You got me concerned here. How many of you want your faith matured? How many of you want it fully ordered? How many of you want to grow in faith? 
And the day is going to come, and it's already here, that you've got to step out and put feet to your faith, put works to your confession, and let your faith produce good works in obedience to God, out of love for God, to the glory of God. Amen. And they're also a witness to the unsaved. How do I reach the unsaved? Well, you tell them about Jesus, sure enough. Yeah, you'll share the gospel, sure. But what's another way that you, you witness to the lost? By your works. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Well, what do you mean by that, Jesus? My light. How, how can it shine before men? Here, he tells us that they may see your good works. Jesus said that. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So here you've got the lost. And they see, not only are they talking the talk, but they're walking the walk. Not only are they saying they believe in Him, but their lifestyle and what they do with their days, what they do with their gifts, what they do with their talents, what they do with their time, the works they're involved in. Do they line up with a profession of faith? And do they testify of the kingdom? And when they are good works, it says it caused the lost to look up and glorify God. Amen. Here's a real mind blower. Let me give you a real mind blower about good works. The believer's good works were planned by God individually for each one of us before time began. Does the word twist your brain sometimes? Because I'm thinking, when did time begin? It began at the creation of the world. So before time started, God saw you in Christ and planned for you and me to be involved in particular good works. And he knew what they were. Can I give you a little information today? When you got saved, everybody else around you might have said, well, I can't believe it. But one person that didn't say, I can't believe it, is God. God saw it coming all the time. See, now step back with me. This is powerful stuff. Go way back before time began, before there was light, before there was mammals, before there were fishes of the sea or any sea for the fishes to be in, before there was anything. God was there in eternity. He saw down the tunnel of time. He saw you coming to Christ and he planned for your life to be involved in good works individually that you have got to fulfill that you are called to do he saw it and then the beginning began that is powerful and and not only listen it says we were created in Christ Jesus for good works we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Beforehand means before made ready. Made ready before. Before made ready. The good works that God has laid his hand on you to complete. Now together corporately as a church, we have similar callings. We're to reach the world for Christ. We're to share the gospel. We're to glorify Christ corporately, but individually. God has a plan for you. You. And his plan for you ain't his plan for me. And his plan for me ain't his plan for you. 
Because nobody can do what you can do and nobody can do what I can do. You got to do what God laid his hand on you to do. If he can make every snowflake different, I'm looking at a whole bunch of different snowflakes. All of you are different. And all of you have a unique calling. You can reach somebody I can't reach. You can talk to somebody I can't talk to. You can do things that I can't do because I'm not you and you're not me. And that's wonderful and that's beautiful because God uses everybody from all walks of life in many different ways. But what I want you to get is you were created in Christ Jesus. That's talking about being born again. A new creation in Christ. You were created in Christ Jesus. Why? Just to get you to heaven? No. For good works. You going to heaven? Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh yeah. And people think that's the only reason you get saved. No. Because when you get saved, God's got a plan for you and me. So we're saved for a purpose, on purpose, not just heaven. But so that we would join the Lord in doing his works. And get this, not only has he called you and me to individual works, but also he's planned the timing for them and the way and the context in which they will be done. God's a God of timing. It says in Ecclesiastes famously, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, for everything, for every purpose, there is a time. There is a time. There is a time. In the fullness of time, God sent His Son right on time. In the fullness of time. And when you and I got saved, it was right on time. In the fullness of time. In God's time. And now, once He saves you, you've been born again, created in Christ Jesus to soon be released into good works that he's planned for you. When I was 16 years old, I'm sitting in a juvenile home, and a preacher came and shared the gospel. I heard it for the first time in my life. I got saved. Right on time. Right on time. And within a year or two, two years, I was preaching. Do you know it occurred to me today? Boy, this is going to age me. Do you know that I've been preaching for 50 years now? Yeah. That just, and it's really been a great ride. No. I've been preaching for 50 years now. You know, started when I was nine. I started when I was 19 preaching, and I've been preaching for 50 years. But here's the deal. When I got saved, God knew he'd called me to minister his word. That's, the good, that's one of the good works. Not all of them, but one of them. And within a couple of years of just learning some things about the word of God, got filled with the Holy Spirit in a powerful way, then I stepped into my time to do the good works. Paul said, I finished my race. He had his race. Mine wasn't Paul's. His isn't mine. 
He said, I finished my race. I kept the faith. I fought the good fight. But personally, personalized, me, I finished the race God called me to. I finished it. I started on time and I ended in time. God is at work within you, helping you want to obey Him, helping you to do what He wants. It's not about doing one solitary good work or a few good works or a once in a while good work, but it's that we should be involved in good works as a way of life. It was a way of life for Jesus. He went around everywhere, wherever He found Himself. He just did good everywhere that He went. He did good. He blessed people. Yesterday, I'm looking in my closet. I had way too many shirts. I look at some of those shirts. Here's here's a rule of thumb. If you haven't worn it in a year, get rid of it. I know what some of you ladies thought. I'm in big trouble. because everything in that closet. Three quarters of it. I don't know the last time I wore it, but I'm not leaving it. Because when I lose a little bit, I'm getting back into that. Yeah, thank you so much. I... I needed that. But I, I gathered together a bunch of shirts. And I said, I don't need these. These are nice shirts, but I haven't worn them in over a year. I don't need all this. Somebody that doesn't have them needs it. So I gathered a whole bunch of them, a big bunch of them. Threw them in the car. I went to Goodwill. And I just handed them to the guy. And I said, now these are not, these are really nice shirts. But you know what? I don't even want a receipt. Just take them. Give them to somebody who needs them. And it just felt so good to do something good. It was just doing good. How many of you ever noticed it feels good to do right? It just feels good. It it just feels good to do right. Bless somebody, give something to somebody, pray for somebody, minister to somebody. It can be practical, it can be spiritual, but just doing good makes you feel right. You know why? Because you're a child of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. But once you do them, you keep up with it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're to exceed the ordinary. We're to go above and beyond in our service to Him. Above and beyond, abundantly, over and above, super, doing more, going the extra mile. Always knowing that Emmanuel labor is never a waste of time. That's what I call it. There's manual labor, and some of you, you're in construction, you're a blue-collar worker, but I'm going to tell you another kind of labor, Emmanuel. Emmanuel labor. It's when you do the work of the Lord, good things for people in His name, in obedience to Him, out of love for Him, for the glory of Him. That's Emmanuel labor. Paul said... Let us not get tired of doing good, for after a while we're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Amen. So we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're to abound in good works, and we're to persevere in good works until the harvest comes. Amen. Are you all with me today? Amen. Now, few other things quickly and then we'll close but Titus talks about good works a lot Paul writing to Titus pastor Titus he was a son of the faith of Paul and he writes to Titus and he says 
I also want you to be zealous for good works. Zealous. He, Jesus, died under God's judgment against our sins so that he could rescue us from constant falling into sin and make us his very own people zealous for good works. Serving the Lord is meant to be a heart thing. Not duty, but a delight. Religion is duty. But Christianity, serving Christ, is a delight. We're to be zealous for it. Excited about it. I mean, ready to do it. Paul said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Let me tell you something. Most of you go off to secular jobs every week. Did you know that your boss is not your immediate boss on earth? That's not your top boss. Your top boss is Christ. And every time you go in through those doors to work, and whatever you do, he says, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. For from the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. And whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Emmanuel labor is a heart thing. When you bless somebody in Jesus' name, when you do good works, when you walk around in obedience to God, out of love for God, for the glory of God, and do things with that motive, then you do it from your heart. God doesn't want us getting up robotically, mechanically, unenthusiastically, and certainly not resentfully. No. We get up and we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we live life in His name. How many of you are so thankful you once were lost, but now you're found. You were blind, but now you see. Amen. So serving Him is a high honor and it's a priceless opportunity. We're to do it with all of our heart. He said, zealously, zealously be involved in good works. And then we're to be an example of good works. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern, an example of good works. So you and I, who have walked with Christ for a while, are to leave behind us a recognizable pattern for others to follow in doing good works in His name, using your gift, using your talent, using your time, using the opportunities that God puts in front of you and leave a pattern, an example, a testimony of somebody who served Christ. I got an email this week from a man from the 1970s, early 70s, who attended my meetings when I first started teaching at a place called the House of Faith. Out of the blue, 50 years later, I get this email. And here's what he said. Dear Jeff, you may have a vague memory of me from the House of Faith in the early 70s. I was a skinny, geeky, timid guy with dark hair that never got the chance to say hello to you or to meet you. Recently, out of curiosity, I Googled you and found not only are you still around, glory to God, (laughs) but that you have been faithful to your calling all these decades and now pastor a church in Fort Worth. I'm hoping to come to your church on September 25th, uh, which is the only Sunday I can get away from my own duties as director of music at my Methodist church in Houston. I hope you will be there that day so I can say hello to you. I'm so proud of you. Now watch. What's he saying? 
What do you read between the lines? He's saying, thank you for not drifting. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for staying true to Christ and continuing in service to Him all these years. You know what he's saying? Thank you for being a pattern that I've been able to watch. And now I know you've left behind a pattern of doing good your whole life. Now, I'd be the first to tell you, I am what I am by the grace of God. Without God's grace, I'd have never been able to do 50 years. Amen. But here's the deal. We're all to be a pattern for others that are watching us because people are watching you that are watching me. We're to be a pattern of serving the Lord in good works over a long stretch of time. Your whole life. Do it. That's the only thing about Nike I like. Just do it. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, y'all got real serious about that little shot at Nike. Amen. But you know what? Serving Christ, can I tell you? Just do it. Just do it. And do it over a long period of time. We're to be ready for every opportunity. Remind them, the Christians in church, to be ready for every good work. That means eager, watching for it. Now, I'm going to close with a quick story. I've got two dogs. One of them believes they were put on earth to sleep and eat. The other one fully believes they were put on earth to chase a ball. They believe this. His name is Harley. And Harley fits him. He's a Belgian shepherd. And he is energy head to toe. And you know what? Have you ever noticed your dogs, you think you've got them trained. But then you realize in some ways they got you trained. Because every morning, Harley wakes me up right here. Big, long snout right here. And, 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 and sniffs me and licks me as if to say, it's time. What's it time for? It's time for you to get up and come out back and throw me that ball. So get up. I don't want to get up, Harley. Go away. Five minutes later, here he is again. I don't think you heard me. It's time to get up because I want to catch that ball that you're about to throw me. When I get up, he starts whining, whimpering, yelping. He can't wait to get outside. Then I let him out back and I go and I start my usual coffee like always. I've told you that's the one vice I have and I don't want to be set free. And um, so he, he, we have a door that has blinds and you can see the silhouette of this dog through those blinds. And when I let him out, he goes to, to, the, to the window where the blinds are and he stares in and he doesn't move. He's like a statue. He doesn't move. His German shepherd ears are poking straight up. He doesn't budge because he is eager. He is excited. Every muscle in his being is tuned into waiting for me to open that door and grab that ball and throw it to him. That's the feeling and the meaning behind be ready for every good work. I can't wait for God to open the next door and give me the next opportunity. I'm salivating. That's what he does. He salivates waiting for that ball. 
I'm like the dog waits at the door. We're to wait at the door of opportunity. Amen? He closes by saying we're to maintain good works. Keep them going. Start, don't stop. Once you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. Don't give up. Don't let discouragement take you out. Don't let disillusionment take you out. Don't let weariness take you out. No, no. The Bible tells us don't do that, but stay with it. Persevere. Because in due season, you're going to reap if you don't faint. Stand up with me, would you? Amen. So say with me together, every believer is to be an example of good works. Zealous for good works. Ready for good works. Maintain good works. Now I'm going to confess to you, I have an ulterior motive for preaching this today. This is called serve timber. Instead of September, serve timber. Because we have a whole lot of displays out there of how you can get plugged in. We have so many options for you to get involved in something here. Because, listen, when I first began to do good works, I led a simple little prayer meeting out in the backyard of a house where there was a Bible study that I wasn't teaching. And I just went out there with about five or six people and we prayed for the meeting and I was tapped to lead that. It's a good work. And I did it. And do you know that within six months, this packed Bible study that was very popular, the leader went to med school and said, you're to lead this. And I found that I was called. And serving and doing simple, not script, good work opened the door for my destiny. Now, 50 years later, I'm still doing it. You say, when are you going to quit? 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 Show me the verse. Thou shalt quit. No. Well, how about retire? Show me the verse that says thou shalt retire. No, you transition sometimes. But I'm doing... I'm, I'm 69 going on 40. I'm, I'm doing very well by the grace of God. And so somebody said, well, when are you going to quit? I said, well, when I can't get there anymore. And then I'll zoom in. No, but here's the deal. There's no, listen, as long as I have breath, I'm going to serve the Lord. And you should too. Come on, tell me, I'm feeling bad. You look good for 69, Pastor Jeff. You look okay. All right. Cindy gave me a shout. Good girl. Thank you so much. All right. But let's lift our hands to the Lord. And Father, you've called everyone in here.
to expand their energy, to, to go about everywhere just doing good, blessing people in your name out of obedience to you, out of love for you, for the glory of you. Now, Lord, speak to us today. As we go out into the foyer and we see all these displays, may the Holy Ghost of the living God speak to some of our hearts and say, I want you in this. I want you to do this. I want you to expend some time with this. Give your talent, your ability. Give you to it. Get off the bleachers, onto the field. Run the ball, pass the ball, catch the ball, something. And Lord, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, would you pray with me and say, Lord, speak to me. Help me to do good works in this house and in my life outside this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. And, uh, amen, amen, amen.